Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Started Up Podcast, member of the Education Podcast Network. Today, we have on Adam Konyczewski. He is the founder of the Bridge Foundation. Met Adam at the UN's World Investment Forum. Boy, that was an interesting trip. Just awesome. Um, and got to meet him because, you know, we were there as delegates for the Ariel Foundation International. And Adam is running something really, really special. Um, and he's got some seriously cool events going on in Poland here soon. So I'm not going to spend too much time gabbing about it. Instead, let him speak for himself. But I'm telling you, this is one of those guys that he is doing real work uh, and not lip service. He's, ha- he's having some of these um, students from all over uh, work to change, you know, really the, the some of the 17 sustainable development goals of the UN is laid out, the SDGs. Uh, and he's got a really awesome event coming on uh, to combat climate change and also uh, re-examine how we uh, look at finance and how we're going to finance some things to help change the climate. So let me jump right into this one. Adam Konczewski. Hello, Don. It's so great to be with you. All right. So the pleasure was mine. We got the chance to meet at the uh, UN's World Economic, no, I'm sorry, World Investment Forum. And um, there's a lot of people that are, you know, currently working on something, but uh, you blew me away in the sense that uh, the Bridge Foundation is set to do some really interesting things here in the next few weeks. Tell us what the Bridge Foundation is and what you got going on. Well, the Bridge Foundation and the reason we met at the World Investment Forum is because we are preparing a big conference at the Warsaw Stock Exchange. The reason behind it being that we are focused on promoting sustainable development goals with young people and uh, we need to change the way finance works and we need to finance the transformation to a sustainable economy. So finance is at the heart of this uh, dilemma and young people are going to be driving change and that's why Uh, 400 young leaders from all over Poland are going to be putting up a major show at the Warsaw Stock Exchange for all sorts of VIPs, diplomats, ambassadors, and and of course, business people and the the head of the Warsaw Stock Exchange, the the regional head of the World Bank and all sorts of other VIPs. And the kids there that are going to be with you, the average age would be what? It's from 16. Usually those are kids that are finishing high school this year. Or that have, have that have finished high school uh, last year, so they're between 16, 17, 18, uh, some of them up uh, up to 22 years old. Yeah, and uh, you blew me away, and, and and you kind of said it, but um, you talked about how we need to change finance. Actually, what was your quote? We need to change the world, the way we do finance. Well, we need, yes, exactly. We need to change finance, and we need to finance change. So uh, financing the transformation to a sustainable economy and changing the way finance works. And one of your focuses is obviously on climate change. Talk to me about that intersection of both finance and climate change and kind of taking a look through, you know, because I know here in the United States, we've gone through this transformation that at the beginning, you know, sometimes people are, oh, you're a tree hugger or you're just a wacko environmentalist. And after a time, there, there seemed to be like this in the middle. Like if it made economic sense, then all of a sudden, suddenly a lot of people were environmentalists. Talk to us about uh, one, of the, one of the views you guys have and how you want to make you know, climate change important but inclusive for both sides of the aisle. Well, exactly. Climate change 
is um, seen by many people as an environmental problem, whereas in fact, the consequences may be environmental, but the problem is economic. So the economy is at the heart of the solution. And uh, hence the reason we're doing this at the Warsaw Stock Exchange, but also we have to change the way we look at climate change, not as a cost or, or as something that will uh, drag down the economy, but as an opportunity and um, an incredible opportunity for economic growth, development and new jobs. What we um, have to change is the way we look at climate change and not see it as, as a cost, but as a source of profit. And um, a few days ago, or about 10 days ago now, the IPCC, so it's the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, has issued a report telling us that we have 12 years to go to reduce emissions by 45%, or otherwise the climate is going to go out of control. And many people think that, well, firstly, it's impossible to reduce emissions by 45% so quickly, and secondly, that it's going to cost a fortune. And I was invited to speak on uh, the news in Switzerland, and the example that I provided was the Empire State Building, and they were able to retrofit the building, change 6,500 windows on site, and recoup the investment with a payback of three years and reduce climate uh, climate costs or, or energy costs and climate emissions by 45%. Uh, with an incredible payback of three within three years, those are the kinds of returns, legal returns and after-tax returns that you will not find in any bank. This is uh, and this is the way uh, we should be looking at energy efficiency as as a, a source of of savings and economic growth, and not as a cost and something that will drag us down. You know, I think that's one thing that's lost kind of is is like these practical examples. I remember when we first talked and we first met, that was one of the examples you gave. And I'm like, no way, you're kidding. And you're like, yeah, that's just, that pays for itself after three years. The savings after those three years are exponential. And, and it's one of those, again, those things that people start looking and say, wait a second, I'm environmentalist now. And so <laughs> you, you're, you're enticing people to, I mean, and don't get me wrong, like I, I want to make the world a better place no matter what. But there are some people that are like, hey, if it costs too many dollars and cents, it just doesn't make sense in the short term. But this is taking a, a look at, at and making things work for people that might not see otherwise, but they can kind of find common ground. Um, the other thing that I just love, and this is where I'm like, oh, this is why I wanted you to have it on a podcast, is that you're, you're taking not just ideas from, from our youth, but you're giving them a platform and you're allowing them to collaborate and, and, you know, work on some of these things. Uh, how did you, you know, first of all, when did you start this and, and how have you been going about this? Well, it's a very good question because we started working not with young people, but with business leaders in Poland um, 10 years ago. And those, uh, those business leaders, they finished Harvard, they finished some of the biggest schools in the world uh, paid a lot for their education. They said, look, we, we, we were never exposed to this kind of knowledge, these questions, seeing sustainability from, from this perspective. And, uh, and they said, look, uh, we, have, we have kids, teenagers, they will soon be looking for, for work and they will be continuing their studies. Um, I want my kids to be exposed to this kind of knowledge. And that, that's how we started working with young people. But we continue working also with businesses and boards of different companies. And we essentially do the same thing with both groups. It's maybe um, with a, a slightly 
different uh, focus, uh, but but essentially we're doing the same with business people and with young people, and and we find that the level of uh, at which we pitch our our messages is in fact just as sophisticated for young people as for business leaders. What has been though like? As you were going along through this process of, of growing Bridge Foundation, when did you all of a sudden realize like inviting our students to the table was not just the, the marketing idea to go with, but when did you decide, like when did you like definitely see, okay, this is the right thing to do to, to have our students at the table? Well, it is, it is um, for me, it became absolutely obvious when I started looking at the statistics and seeing that in uh, countries in Africa, um, for instance, in Ethiopia, 70% of the population is 30 years or less. Um, and you see this massive potential and we often hear, uh, you young people, you are the leaders of tomorrow, you, know, you have to go to school, learn, and eventually you will lead. Well, in fact, this is an incredible potential that if we only expect them to lead in 10 years or 20 years from now, this, this potential is going to stay dormant for all of that period. And we cannot afford this. Uh, Two billion people around the world are, are considered young people between the ages of 10, 14, and, and 24. That's two billion people. That's one, more than one out of four people. If, if we are waiting for them to, to become leaders, then, then I don't think there's any hope for, for the future. We need them. We need them to be, to be active and we need them to be leading change right now and not tomorrow. Yeah, that's one of the things that I thoroughly loved about uh, this year's World Investment Forum is that, uh, you know, I, I can only talk to you about what they had said in the past, that there's a lot of delegates there and a lot of people that were, that were older that said, hey, they, they for years said that, oh, we need to listen to our youth. We need to listen to our youth. And eh, it may have been lip service. This year, there seemed to be a real commitment to, uh, no, seriously, what do you got? What are some of your ideas? Because um, they had access to a lot of high-powered people, and that wasn't by mistake. And, and, and so when I saw organizations like yours and, and some like really talented 23-year-olds, 25-year-olds that were starting to make a, a change, whether they were starting their own schools or starting their own organizations, it was a breath of fresh air to see that was, it's moving past the lip service stage, that it's moving towards, we seriously need to get some fresh ideas, what do you got kind of mentality. Absolutely, absolutely. Young people in many countries are very frustrated because they're not taken seriously. But when they get together and when they organize themselves and start taking action and people see results, they have no choice. They have no choice. They have to have a seat at the table. And if they're not given that seat, they have to take it. Yeah. Well, and, and <laughs> I think one of the, the major differences I've seen um, here in the last few years is while people are talking themselves into circles, there's a lot of our youth starting to do things almost quietly uh, under, you know, the cover of <laughs> social media or whatever. And it's all of a sudden kind of caught government's attention. And, um, and I think that they have enough momentum and man, nobody knows virality and how to make a movement more than, are Gen Z and millennials. And so I, I think that there's this, you know, organizations like yours are this 
new coming wave of we're going to give them a serious platform and we're going to bring about some change. The thing I love about it too is, and, and, and I'm being respectful when I say this because I do the very similar thing. You also, ha- like, I don't want to say you can't criticize what kids are doing because they're at least doing something. Um, but when you're, <laughs> when you're leading that children's crusade, you kind of can clear the way of, we don't want to hear about your, you know, your, your polarization of politics these are students that are deeply concerned about the world they're inheriting and less concerned about whether you're uh, a, a liberal or a conservative or, you know, whatever. Uh, there's, it's just, I don't know, it's exciting. It's exciting to, to be around. Now, I, I do have to qu- ask you, though, um, in like you've kind of been setting out this, this goal and um, you know, you're working with the SDGs. Uh, what are some of the what are some of your fears in in leading the bridge foundation the fact that you're working with youth what are some of the things that you're deep down inside you're kind of worried about well of course i'm worried about many things what you you said earlier um, our young leaders have done a survey in poland of what are the biggest challenges that are upon us and how young people see these challenges how their parents see these challenges how they're grandparents see them as well and they have started comparing who thinks what and so young people in the end see it as the challenge of their generation to fix the SDGs fix climate change fix all of these problems that have been um, caused by those that were there before them and uh, they don't hold any grudges they think they think it's it's okay we inherited these problems but we will solve them. That's the, the kind of attitude that they have. And, um, and, and I, I think that is great. I am not so, um, not so uh, confident in the ability in today's world where globalization is, is driving countries to try and reduce regulation, reduce taxation, and uh, where, where corporations don't see a level playing field because when one corporation um, gets a tax break in one country, there's another country that's going to give uh, another tax break. And in the United States today, only 10% of the tax income of, of the United States government comes from corporations, uh, whereas 80% comes from individuals and mostly from the middle class. Well, the middle class is choking here. And uh, the, the richest of the rich are off the hook. Corporations are not paying taxes because, well, that's, that's the rule of the market. Uh, well, that leaves uh, all of the burden on the middle class. And, uh, and at some point, the middle class will fall apart and the whole system will fall apart. So, so I, I hope that our young people will find the, the means, the tools to address these problems. And I think inequality is one of the, the biggest challenges that we have. And it's, it's a challenge, of course, for the middle class and for, for the lower classes, but it's also a, a challenge for, for the richest of the rich because when the system falls apart, it falls apart for everyone. Yeah, th- there's a, you know, this conscious capitalism movement that I'm hoping is going to take more of a hold because you're right, the, the crony capitalism, the little backdoor kind of uh, treatment is obviously uh, making it fall on the wrong people. Um, but again, this is one thing that makes me have hope in the sense that the, the, the people that seem to really out the 
unconscious capitalists, the crony capitalists are our youth. You know, I, and I'm, I'm speaking only on my behalf at age 46, but like sometimes people my age and older are so jaded and they're so tired. They don't like, eh, what are you going to do? It's part of it. And I see the youth movement of them calling things out and going, no, no, this isn't. And then, you know, outing people. Now, mind you, there's a pendulum swing. Sometimes social media can go too far and they go too far reaching. But um, with, with, with some of these things in mind, I, I think that the youth movement has been a refreshing change of, of keeping some balance. Uh, and, and, I, and again, like in this country, both sides have a lot of sins to bear. You know, because like sometimes I get, <laughs> I get complaints or emails of like, oh, you're just apologizing for Democrats. Or quite conversely, I'll get like, oh, you're just apologizing for the Republican Party. Like, no, I mean, <laughs> both sides are pretty darn uh, guilty on some things. And I, I, I think it's been fun to see the youth kind of, kind of balance it out for sure. Um, you, you mentioned going uh, to um, the, the, the stock exchange what do you guys have planned for that day? Like, like unpack that day for me. Yes. Well, we have, firstly, the spotlight is going to be on young people. We we will have a number of VIPs, uh, the head of the Marshall stock exchange, the head of, of uh, Ernst and young and, and, but in fact, um, leaders from various spheres, from academia, from, from uh, the world of science, uh, we will have the, um, person heading up the uh, Association of Disabled People in Poland, which represents 15% of the Polish population. So, so we, we have all uh, uh, segments of modern society that will be represented. But the show will be, um, and, and the spotlight will be on the young people, and they will um, put, um, well, they have put together a theatrical play based on a book from the director general it's a project of the director general of the united nations it's called fairy tales for a fair world and it's telling us stories about the the biggest challenges that we have um, to face as humanity and sustainable development goals in a fairy tale format with aladdin with uh, the three little pigs and so on and so on and they're going through different adventures where you you can uh, uh, that you can relate to to the various SDGs, to climate change, to inequality, and so on and so on. And through the universal language of storytelling, you are able to address some of those biggest challenges in a way that is, uh, well, that allows everyone to have a constructive dialogue. And um, so the young people in Poland have translated this book into Polish, and uh, a group of them have uh, transformed one of the chapters into a theatrical play that will be the highlight of of the evening at the Warsaw Stock Exchange. What else? I, I see that you've got, well, first of all, um, I should start from this. Uh, tell people where they can find more information, like yeah, your Facebook page. It's, uh, see, facebook.com slash bridge foundation 2015. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Exactly. That's our Facebook page. Um, so you can come and see our Facebook page. And in fact, on uh, the Bridge Foundation Facebook page, we will transmit the event next uh, Monday at 7 p.m. Warsaw time, so Warsaw Polish time. It, um, it will be transmitted worldwide, both in Polish and in English, um, on Facebook Live for everyone to be able to connect and, and see and be with us uh, 
virtually from everywhere, in fact. Wow. Um, so also where, where uh, you're, I seeing that you right now, the people are like been posting like photos and encouragement from all over the world. So I highly recommend that if you, if you find this interesting, if you're sitting there thinking of the bridge foundation, you're like, wow, this is cool. This is a student led organization. Uh, whether, you know, you just want to, you know, lend them some support or not. I highly recommend you check out the Facebook page and maybe send them a photo or a words of encouragement. Um, but what's, I know that this is just one part of many things of the Bridge Foundation. What are some things you guys have uh, coming up with Bridge Foundation after this? What are some other big audacious goals you guys have? Well, one of the reasons we're organizing this in Poland and and the focus on Poland this year is because uh, Poland is hosting the next climate conference in December. Between the the 3rd and, and the 14th of December, delegates from all over the world will be in the south of Poland in uh, the city of Katowice, uh, the city that used to be at the heart of, uh, of coal country Poland. And uh, it used to be very polluted. Now it has gone through an incredible transformation and it has many parts of the city that used to be very dark are now green with parks and um, old factories have been turned into the massive conference center where, where the, the COP uh, meetings will, will be taking place. So the city is actually an example of, of the kind of transformation that, uh, well, globally we have to go through in order to, to go towards a, a sustainable economy and, and a more sustainable society. So, so I think it's, it's very interesting. Still, Poland has a lot of challenges. Uh, 33 of the most polluted cities in Europe are in Poland. So Poland, uh, and, and the reason is because of, of the burning of coal. So, so I think it's a very symbolic and a very important conference that is taking place this year. And our youth have been preparing this conference all year. And we need to have the, the world of finance on board. And that's why we're, we're launching our events at the Warsaw Stock Exchange. And uh, we have satellite events that, as you, as you mentioned, are, are happening all over the world. We want young people from all of the countries to send us messages, their message for the, the delegates of the climate conference. We will consolidate all of that and deliver it to the presidency of the climate conference in early December. So I, I urge everyone to, to get involved um, and, uh, and send us your, your recipe for success when it comes to, to addressing climate and sustainability challenges. Uh, the delegates will receive it, and and I hope we can send them uh, a universal and very strong message from all over the world. Yeah, I'm thinking of teachers and students in in my network that are just going to love this. And uh, yeah, I agree. I, I you know one the Facebook page. Uh, see the bridge foundationorg is their website. Um, and and just to be clear, like the Bridge Foundation is not just a, an environmental uh, group, but they're looking at several of you know the the what we keep referring to as SDGs. Matter of fact, just real brief, because I'm I'm not gonna lie, I knew vaguely what the Sustainable Development Goals were. Um, but could you and and like I have them all all 17 here in front of me. But could you tell us a little bit about the Sustainable Development Goals? Yes, absolutely. Um, maybe you're familiar with the MDGs, the Millennium Development Goals. Or, or perhaps not. Yeah, less so, actually. <laughs> less, so, less so. Well, let me say firstly, this is um, this is part of what the United Nations have 
um, called the agenda to build a, a better world. And, and when it comes to the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, not to leave anyone behind. And we're talking about 17 goals that, are, uh, that have been established during a very, very, very wide um, consultation of all sectors, and that includes the business sector, but also uh, civil society organizations, NGOs, uh, associations, and so on from all over the world on what should be the key priorities to address all of the key challenges that we are, are facing. For example, one is on hunger. The other one is on access to water and sanitation. One is on health and well-being. One is on addressing inequalities. One is on innovation, economic growth, uh, and the list goes on and on. Well, one that is, that is very important for me is universal access to quality education. And, and of course, another one which is, is the key of, uh, of the project that we're doing all of this year is climate change, so addressing climate change. Um, to to um, make all of these goals possible, well, we all need to work together. So goal number 17 is yeah. the partnership for the goals. Yep. Um, and another element that is absolutely key to understand is that when you work on one goal, for example, you work on food, uh, you're also working on, on, on access to water and, uh, and the availability of water. Because if, if you don't have water, it's very difficult for you to have food. So all of these goals are interconnected and you cannot achieve 16 goals without the last one and you cannot achieve one without addressing the other ones. So we have to work on all of the goals together and in every place, in every country, in every community, there will be some priorities that will be a bit different. But uh, all in all, the 17 goals need to be addressed, uh, all of them together. Yeah, actually, we first day back to class today, and we were talking about actually goal number 17, just the overlaps and finding partners that might be working in a silo or in isolation, but, you know, start idea stacking and, and, and goal stacking with them. Um, it seems to be an interesting thing that my students were looking at. But yeah, like uh, of the 17, let's see, there's, you know, ending poverty, zero hunger, uh, good health and well-being. Four is quality education, gender equality, clean water. Actually, you went over most of them. But I, I you know, finance. Um, my gosh, I, we heard again and again and again about the uprise of uh, blockchain and all these other things. And it was just, it was a joy to hear about some of these concepts um, from some of the practitioners, but also where we could be headed with our youth. So love, love that. Um, well, before I let you go, the other thing that I was just transfixed on, I, <laughs> you are uh, a historian and just <laughs> yes. because just because so give everybody the the brief history about a bridge in new york and how and why you're kind of a a particular expert on this well there's a bridge in new york called kosciuszko and few people know where this name comes from um, kosciuszko was a hero that uh, and, and last year, in fact, was the, the International Year of Kosciuszko because it marked 200 years since he died, and he, he died in Switzerland. But he was, in fact, um, a hero in Poland, in uh, America, and, um, and, 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 and um, for, for a number of reasons. One is um, he, he grew up in Europe, but uh, he was 
absolutely fascinated about freedom. And those were the days of the revolutionary wars. So um, the French Revolution, but most importantly for, for this part of the story, the revolution in the United States against the oppression from the British. And the British did something that was absolutely not uh, acceptable to the Americans and they imposed a, a number of taxes. So uh, the Americans said no taxation without representation and they started a revolution. And Tadeusz Kościuszko came and fought alongside the Americans. He became a general in the um, American army. He is the man who, who built West Point and he won the battle. He helped uh, the Americans win the battle of Saratoga, which became the turning point in the war and uh, um, convinced the French to, to join the American side. And that is how um, a group of farmers and merchants, so the Americans were able to defeat the most formidable army of the time, the British. And that's something that nobody expected. Um, and no one was, uh, if anyone had to bet on one side, everybody would put uh, the money on the British side because, because no one thought the Americans had a chance. And yet it happened, and, uh, and that's how America became the land of the free. And Tadeusz Kościuszko went on to, to, build, to build the West Point to, to protect uh, well, what, would be, what would become New York. And, and then he went back to Europe and fought in, in a number of wars in Europe. But one of the most uh, fascinating aspects of this story is that Tadeusz Kościuszko was very close friends with Thomas Jefferson. And um, Kościuszko was fighting for freedom for everyone, not only for, for the whites. And he gave all of his money for Jefferson to buy back the freedom of African slaves. And that was documented in a will that Kościuszko left with Jefferson. And Jefferson, um, in the end, never fulfilled the... the uh, uh, the will of his Polish friend, and and uh, unfortunately, that is that is the way uh, American history evolved. But had this happened, had Jefferson freed those slaves, well, perhaps uh, American history would have been different. That's so crazy. And one one last thing, you're thinking about writing a book on this, yeah? Yes, I am, and not because. Books have not been written on the subject. The, the, there are a few books. But I think um, we, we can put this story in a slightly different context, one that would make it relevant to the young people today because um, Kościuszko was able to have the life that he had because of the incredible education and uh, how much he invested himself in studying and becoming an expert in various fields. Not... not uh, uh, least being the ability to speak uh, numerous languages, French, English, and, and so on, um, but also the history of uh, philosophy and uh, the history of freedom from the days of ancient Greece to to the the revolutionary tales of uh, Voltaire and Rousseau and, uh, and and the thinkers of the time but also the whole concept of freedom. And he wanted farmers to become free from, uh, from uh, the, the kings and, uh, that were, were enslaving them in Europe. 
and uh, and he also wanted everyone to be free in in america and and everywhere for that fact that's awesome i, I i'm not going to give away some of the little things that only yeah, there's there's some there's some things that uh, just trust me. I'm I can't wait for the book to come out because you've got some background and you've got some historical documents that uh, a lot of eyes have not seen. So, gonna wait patiently for that. <laughs> Adam, I I I man, uh, from our first five minutes of talking, I've been excited about everything you're doing. There's there's people that do, and then there's people that really do, and I'm excited that. You don't have to work with youth. You choose to work with youth. You are running something, I think, very special. And, and you're among the most humble persons I've met. You know, you casually, I think after maybe two hours of uh, conversation, you're just like, oh, yeah, you know, I was the chief of staff for uh, Mikhail Brezhnev. Uh, I'm sorry. Wow. Hello, Russian history. Mikhail Gorbachev. <laughs> I'm not going to edit that out. I'm just going to leave that in. Uh, you were the chief of staff for uh, Mikhail Gorbachev. And you've had this long and interesting career. And you have done things at the highest levels. Um, and yet right now, you really find it important to uh, lead a, a children's uh, movement. So for those reasons, I sincerely appreciate having you on. One last time, tell people where they can find out more about Bridge Foundation or you. Well, look, um, you can come on Facebook, look for the Bridge Foundation 2015. You will find us, you will find our page. And from there, you can find our website and our YouTube and, and so on and so on. Uh, you'll see many pictures of the various events that we, we have organized over the years, both in Canada, in Switzerland, in Geneva, many of them, and, uh, and, and of course in Poland, where, where we are extremely active these days. Uh, so November 5th is our big event at the Warsaw Stock Exchange, and a few days later, so on that, the Friday of that same week, we have another event at the United Nations in Geneva at the library. We love libraries at the bridge. We, we think uh, libraries are not uh, a place of the past. In fact, we think it's a, a place of the future. Um, it's becoming not only a place where you find books, but where you organize meetings, where people exchange ideas, thoughts about history, but also about what's coming. Um, so we think libraries need to, to go through a transformation, but they, they really are going to become uh, uh, modern hubs um, and and a very, very important place in every community. So the United Nations Library, of course, uh, an even uh, more um, special place. And uh, we, we are looking forward to, to having the Director General of the United Nations opening the event and the number of speakers with 100 students or close to 100 students from one of the high schools here, a number of other representatives from the Swiss parliamentarian groups um, I think it's going to be very exciting. And we will have a singer from Africa that, that will also share um, a number of songs from Cameroon. I think it's going to be very exciting. And, uh, and hopefully you'll be able to find information about this event as well on the website of the United Nations in Geneva. Very good. Well, guys, go check it out. Uh, love it if you gave uh, Adam some attention, some support. Uh, it's, it's a cause that is not just worthwhile, but, but needed. So very good. Adam, again, thank you for so much for being on the show. And uh, 
cannot wait to uh, collaborate with you more, my friend. <laughs>